trigger warning. This podcast is intended for men. Not boys, not babies, men. This is how we disable toxic masculinity. We need to kill all men. This pagan patriarchalism that is coming back out of the shadows. Feminists hate patriarchy. It's the woman that runs the show and the woman that runs the community and is the backbone of, of that area. I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. Patriarchy. I personally can't see why egalitarianism would be a bad thing. The assumption that wives should make babies instead of money is part of patriarchy. Don't f***ing say hi to strange women you don't know. Patriarchy. The patriarchy. 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 friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And that is Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. You are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, and you are listening to The Patriarchy. My name is Tony DePani, and I am joined by my co-host, Pastor Joseph Randall Spurgeon. Woman, get back in here and make me a sandwich. Joseph, what kind of sandwich are you eating today? Tony, what kind of sandwich are you eating today? That's not how this works. That's not how this works. Oh, no. This is some kind of joke. (sighs) All right, get to the punchline. Get to the punchline. No, no, I want you to go ahead. Go ahead and go first. What kind of sandwich am I eating then? Really? Yeah, yeah, you go first. I'm not not used to this. This is like mixing it up. Um... What, well, we actually, we didn't have sandwiches tonight. We had breakfast. It doesn't breakfast. matter what kind of sandwich you're eating, Tony. Okay, that was ear cancer. <laughs> I think my eardrum just is bleeding now. <laughs> that was my rock impersonation. Sorry. <laughs> that was, okay. Ow. <laughs> okay. Um, you have to turn my uh, headphones up now that I'm deaf. Okay. Uh so no, can I actually go? Yeah, I'm gonna, like, can I actually talk about my sandwich now? <laughs> oh, folks, if you don't know, this has been a weird night. We've we've been pranking people by sending funny pictures, and so I think we're in those kind of moods. Uh, anyway, um, uh, the last sandwich I ate was a. Uh, it was a fairly plain sandwich, but it was good. It was a salami sandwich with a pretty thick cut uh, Swiss cheese on um, Italian bread, like thick-cut Italian bread, you know, like fresh, uh, with some mayo on it and um, some lettuce. and I mean, nothing super special, but it's good. I mean, you can't go wrong with a good old salami sandwich. That sounds pretty good, man. You, you, you kind of want to know what I had? Sure. I mean, you're, it's it's not going to be a real sandwich, but go go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it really is. I had a... Um, a rock sandwich? No, French bread. Okay. And I think it had a little bit of mayonnaise on it and some lettuce and a little salami. It was really nice. Okay. And the um, reason I ate that thing, I've been working real hard today. I've been trying to figure out uh, like this a new word for this concept that I've been thinking about. And so I finally came up with a new word. 
It's called a uh, plagiarism. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, on that note, um, we have a special segment today. It's we're bringing back one. We, we have. I think we've only ever done this once, but we're bringing this one back. At the intersection of woke and bespoke. All right, so uh, our our woke and bespoke uh, segment is brought to you by good old Burger King. I don't know if you've been watching their tweets lately, but uh, it's been interesting. So here we go. This is a a newscast about a, a recent thing that's happened from Reuters. Burger King was grilled on social media Monday after its UK division. What is it with news and liking their puns? Like, I know we have our puns on our show, but everything. Oh, Maybe that's why, you know, my undergrad is in journalism. Maybe that's why I like puns. <laughs> that's like, that's a whole class you have to take. How yeah, to insert it, it, a pun a into class. absolutely everything. <laughs> it was cool. Actually, I think there was a class against that. I think it was the, the very first class was like on headlines and how not to be cheesy but everybody does it anyway i was like yeah. apparently no one took that class or they all failed it in, in here but okay sorry anyway we'll, we'll keep going jen tweeted this on international women's day women belong in the kitchen the faux pas was followed up with an attempt at an explanation when burger king uk then tweeted only 20 percent of chefs are women we're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry but the damage was already done Twitter users fired back, some calling the tweet tone-deaf and pledged not to eat at the burger chain. Actually, uh, there's a particular podcast uh, that we're fond of, uh, us, that uh, we, we, we tweeted about it, too. <laughs> but I don't know if we weren't against it, so. I, I did I did a little meme with, uh, um, uh, what's that actor? Uh, um, uh, Dennis, what's his name? Um, what's the meme? Oh, sh- it's like it's like uh the black guy he's like got his fist he's like my man my man oh i um denzel washington denzel washington yeah thank you, <laughs> you dennis that? dennis dennis washington, <laughs> dennis washington. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that sounds like his 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 white brother right his, his white uncle or it's, something like that yeah. dennis oh, i could this is gonna be a strange episode i could already tell <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to make it through this. We're going to go. <laughs> Others made jokes. One user tweeted, there's better ways to draw attention to something that don't include using the most sexist trope ever. In a written statement. I don't think it was all that sexist. I mean, they said nothing about how they should be pregnant and barefoot. So. Yeah, that comment's going to give me trouble. Burger King said, Our tweet in the UK today was designed to draw attention to the fact that only a small percentage of chefs and head chefs are women. It was our mistake to not include the full explanation in our initial tweet. Oh, give me a break. It's a tweet. This is, this is, this is, this is why the world is broken. Like, you, you just can't say it. It's all. Of all of the things that are supposed to be controversial, like give me a break. I mean, not that I didn't. Once I immediately saw that, I obviously knew that they were people were gonna freak out. But I, I think at this point, you could say anything. That, like the sky is blue, and you know, oh, that's racist, or I don't know. Well, the real controversy is not over actually what it should be. Right. The first, 
tweet by itself shouldn't be controversial, that controversial, actually. Right. It's the, all the stuff that came afterwards about. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, so basically what Burger King is saying and what the world wanted to hear was women, women don't need to be working. <coughs> excuse me. They don't need to be working in their own kitchen, but in somebody else's kitchen, right? They need to be, mm-hmm. they need to be working for the Burger King. The King? Yeah. Male? Yeah, they need to be working for the Burger King. <laughs> another, they need to be work. They need to be working in another man's kitchen. That's what they're basically saying, right? It's, yep. I mean, we're, and we're working towards that. And nobody, nobody actually had a problem with that. The problem was that they thought they might be suggesting that they should work in their own kitchen. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And see how backwards the world is. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. This is why everything's broken. It's, you it's, could yeah. be working for your husband and helping fix food for him, and and this is kind of one of the reasons we do the funny sam- the sandwich thing, mm-hmm. just to point out how broken our world is when we flip things upside down. We think freedom is found anywhere but where God calls us to, anywhere but but serving our own loved ones and family members and. And caring for those, uh, the freedom is always out there. It, it's upside down world. Yeah, I mean, that's why we did that. That we started that whole segment is obviously we're poking fun at the notion that you know feminists think that all men are you know in in their house just yelling at their wives and barking orders and telling them to do stuff and not doing anything. But then we go from that and actually talk about well, we used to until you started introducing all the dad jokes. But we talk about actually what our wives do make us and lovingly make us and, and, and they make good food and they take care of their homes and we praise our wives in it. So it's kind of, yeah, flipping that on its head. Um, but yeah, I, I, I knew this. I, when I saw that tweet online, I knew, Oh my goodness, everybody's going to lose their ever loving minds. And I also immediately went to the comments cause I'm like, you know, they're gonna, they're either, they, they can't delete the tweet cause that'll cause even more controversy. So they're just oh, going to have, have, they have they, deleted they, the did, tweet. Oh, they did. Yeah. Are you kidding me? They finally gave in and deleted it. They they were all, there were a lot of comments of theirs trying to defend the tweet. Wow. See, I, I think that's going to cause. I I feel like that's going to cause way more problems for them uh, in the future because of the fact that now I know I, th- their explanations would have caused more problems because of the fact that they backpedaled. But but when you allow the pressure to give in and you completely remove the thing, now. Like they're at the beck and call of like you know the 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 Twitter masses who are going to tell them what they can and can't do, and I, I just feel like that's they, they should have just left it. They, they should have just left it, and but they didn't. Uh, you know that that's the 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 woke crowd. There's a way to try to deal with them that fails, and that is when you start backpedaling and apologizing mm-hmm. for things, and you think well, and you're trying to be you're trying to be kind to them you're trying to well yeah there may have been something not completely right and so you're you're trying you're backpedaling a little bit trying to be reasonable with people that are not reasonable but then it's like blood in the water with sharks oh yeah Mm -hmm. and you've just given them every um evidence they needed to to know that they were right and you were wrong in the first place yep yep so you never ever 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 apologize to the woke crowd ever now (laughs) 
obviously, if you've sinned, correct. Yeah, I, I was say, somebody's, somebody's going to push back on that, but yeah, yeah. So you never, 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 ever, ever, ever do it except for when you've actually sinned, correct? And when you've sinned against God. Well, and, and this is why this is why the all of what is going on right now is is so destructive because the the woke crowd, the social justice crowd, demands apologies for things that you are not wrong or things. Okay. Let me back up. They, they will demand apologies. Let's talk about slavery. Okay. They'll demand apologies for slavery, but they're demanding it from people that weren't involved in it. And so then when you start apologizing for something that you're not guilty of, there is no forgiveness, like real forgiveness. There's no real reconciliation because there was never a real wrong. So you can't have real forgiveness and real reconciliation when there was actually no real wrong that you've done. And so that what you've essentially set up is a perpetual lifelong apology with no hope of quote salvation, you know, and, and that's why it's dangerous and destructive. Well, the whole thing, um, the woke stuff, the social justice, intersectionality, feminism, all like the cancel culture stuff is actually all, uh, and then we may have said this before. It's really a Christian heresy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a twisting like it, of it. Yeah. It's a twisting of Christian things. And so that's why Christians fall prey to it because we are taught, taught rightly that we ought to question our own motives. And it's familiar enough, even in sometimes terminology that sometimes they'll even use some of the same words, right? Like, you know, restitution, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree. That's it. Is but yeah, but we're taught, to. we're taught to, um, you know, to question our own motives, to search our hearts, to see if we have sin. And we know as, the Bible teaches that our hearts are are deceitful. Who can trust them? We're, we're, you know, as Calvin says, our hearts are idol-making factories. Right. That everything we do is twinged with some part of evil that comes from our selfish hearts. Now, we have the Lord Jesus who forgives us and who enables us to do good things so that we don't have to sit around second-guessing all of our motives all the time. But uh, this woke stuff plays on that. And so, you know, it's it's always has you questioning your motives on everything in such a way to try to think, well, you know, there could be some sin there or something. And then that's where they pounce. And that's why I say never, ever apologize. Right. Especially if it's not a biblical sin. Mm -hmm. If it's an opinion that other people don't like, you don't need to apologize for holding that. Yeah. I don't be a jerk about your opinions, but uh, um, don't ever apologize. And and once you stop doing that, you stop giving in. You're a lot harder to cancel, a lot harder to cancel. Yep. Um, when you're very defiant on it. Now, obviously, if they can cancel the president of the United States or the <laughs> ex president or current president, president, president in exile. Yeah, you know, uh, what was it? I was talking to somebody earlier, and he mentioned um, President Trump's second uh, presidency is is a spiritual presidency. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really here, but it's spiritually here. <laughs> spiritually, that's great. <laughs> oh man! No. Um, <laughs> But even then, it, it's very hard to can- you can't be canceled if you don't backpedal. You uh, you speak your your truth, 
you speak the truth and um, don't apologize for things that aren't sins. And, and when you say, I think to clarify for people, when you say you can't be canceled, it, we don't mean, obviously, I mean, if you follow me or my alter ego online, there's a way you can be canceled from certain things. But I think what you're saying is in particular, almost I think maybe a good synonym for it would be just silenced. Um, because I mm-hmm. think what you're saying is when you start apologizing for things that are not wrong and that you did not do or are not guilty of doing something wrong biblically, um, you essentially are making that person or the people accusing you of that God. And and because they're telling you now what is sin and what is reconciliation, what is forgiveness and what is the path to salvation and all of that. And... So basically, they can shut you up, and because you're they're back and call of it, rather than if you follow the Bible and you follow God and you are repentant of actual sins, and um, not repentant of non-actual sins, um, that yeah, you're not you're, they're not going to shut you up. I mean, obviously, I, I got canceled off you know Facebook. Um, obviously, I'm still on there in some semblance because we have to manage the page and whatnot, but. It's not like, you know, we're going to quit doing the podcast. It's not like they're going to I'm going to quit talking about the gospel or quit talking about biblical masculinity or anything like that. I'm if anything it has bolstered me even more to do it, but yeah, I mean, so I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what you're saying is it's not that you can't be canceled from everything, but it's just in terms of Yeah, science. and well, you ought to be wise too. So I'm not suggesting you just make a list of every extreme or what the culture might find extreme opinion that you hold and just constantly harp on that all day. But I'm just saying when you've done something in, you know, good faith and they come at you with their, you know, their, their claws and their fangs. And if you're just willing to just stand by that, um, You'll find that other people will stand with you. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you you'll cut off a whole lot. But once you start giving in, you start going down that path. Then they've tasted blood, and they're out for it, man. They will not stop. I think a good example of that actually is uh, Andrew Torba from uh, Gab. Uh, I think he's been very even keeled and steady, and and not compromised on his message. Um, He's said enough things, you know, I guess you'd consider controversial to the culture, but it's not like a Howard Stern mentality of let's just see how many hornet's nests can we poke. It's just about like, well, this over here is harmful or this is nonsense. I'm going to say that. And then other things he said, and just in terms of just exhorting other Christians to be other Christians and not back down from it. And it is really interesting and actually kind of cool to watch that all happen because they, they almost got hacked the other day and if anybody's on gab right now you might have noticed like for a short amount of time it was down um and they were somebody had tried to go in and hack them and stuff but they are just they are not budging you know they they shut it down to get rid of that and brought it right back up and issued a statement and basically it's just like we're not going to get silenced and just kept going and i've really appreciated his attitude i if you're listening andrew we'd love to have you on the show um i enjoyed his interview on cross politic i don't know if you caught it but um i think he had a really good inter- interview um with them if you're listening and you haven't listened to it you, you should go back and find a cross politics interview with him seems like mm-hmm. a really neat guy a good brother um i'm i'm grateful for what he's doing um in social media but i think he's a good example of that it, real currently well I don't, I don't know if i have a segue uh <laughs> but it's not gonna you feel don't have total- a segue i don't know yeah segue i i can't stand those things 
I, I, I will not you're, try you're those. Run around, you're going to ride them around the mall? No. no oh, yeah. I'm going to be a mall. <laughs> Paul, Bart, Paul Blart mall cop or whatever. Uh, no, I don't know if I have a good segue that's not going to feel forced uh, to get us from what we were talking about into the segment. So we could just talk about uh, So th- this week, we, we're, we're not going to have an interview. We're not going to have our normal segments. This is kind of a, it's going to be 49.5, episode 49.5. Reason being is just we didn't have an interview. We didn't have somebody set up. We didn't want to force it and rush everything. So we'd rather just kind of schedule something out in the future. But we wanted to talk about something, and I thought something good to talk about right now, especially right now what's going on, including things like, you know, Pastor Coates in Canada um, being arrested and put in jail for just holding church, um, and other things happening around the nation, people either getting canceled, so to say, or, or uh, churches, people coming after churches and Christians, is the importance of brotherhood, like biblically, the importance of brotherhood and and real genuine brotherly affection, not like the fake kind of, you know, wishy-washy warm, like, oh, let's all get together and sing kumbaya, but like shoulder to shoulder. Um, I mean, the reason we picked the the, the verse that we did at the beginning um, is if you've ever done, especially if you've ever done ministry with other men, um, especially something like open-air evangelism or any kind of ministry that has some a lot of adversity in it, um, you find out real quick that real true brotherhood is is forged in that. And, uh, and, and even with guys that you don't completely agree on every little thing and theologically with, and maybe there's some things that you have large disagreements with with some people, but you find when it, you know, the rubber hits the road, as they say, um, these are still the guys that, you know, are going to be in your foxhole with you and, and you want to have them that. So I don't know. I thought we could talk for a little bit of time on that. I think that's a good thing to talk about and just kind of flesh out a little bit and talk about the importance of that. Yeah, that maybe it might be helpful to. I got a couple of different thoughts come in my mind, two different ways to take this. Um, one, it might be helpful to define brotherhood as separate from what is often like the kind of false fraternity. Bro. Um, yeah, <laughs> brohood. Yeah, brohood. <laughs> brotherhood versus brohood. That should be, maybe that'll be the t- title of this episode. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a lot of false brotherhood yeah. that happens, right? I mean, you can pay for it if you go to college and join a fraternity. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's all centered around shared vices, really, and, and that kind of thing. Um, you can have that kind of brotherhood, brohood. There's a, it's a kind of a false brotherhood that many have. Um, go to church, say hello. Hi, brother. How mm-hmm. you doing, brother? Right. Kind of like a Hawk Hogan interview. We doing, brother. I <laughs> doing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then you go home, and there's nothing to that. So that's uh, there's false brotherhood. There's false kind of intimacy that can happen in 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 the church in the world. You can have false brotherhood with friends that where you know you get together, you go get some drinks, and and that is about it. That's not quite the brotherhood that you have in mind, I don't think, and and the brotherhood in Scripture. Um, our brotherhood that we have in Scripture comes from the fact that we have the same father. And we have a common brother as well. That is, uh, uh, we have God as father. Uh, and I don't mean that in the kind of, you know, there's a thing, there's like people that are not even believers that walk around calling everybody brother, right? Uh, yeah. That's kind of a cool thing to do. Hey, bro, what's up, man? What's up, brother? That kind of thing. Well, there is a sense in which, yeah, we're all children of God and that he created us. 
but actual the real true brotherhood is between those who have God as Father because they have the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, was it the, the Gospel of John? It says to those who did receive Him, He gave the right to become children of God. And so, uh, that brotherhood that we have is because we have an eternal Father through Christ Jesus, and we have Christ Jesus as an older brother, right? He wasn't ashamed to be labeled with us, the book of uh, Hebrews says. And so there's an intimate connection that uh, we have with other uh, other people who are in Christ, especially um, you know, men with other men who are in Christ. And that brotherhood has a purpose, right? When Christ saves us, he makes us children of God. There's several purposes, and one of them is so that God would just be able to lavish his grace and mercy upon us forever. And so there is a kind of sense that we just sit back and enjoy the blessings of God as his children. But the second uh, purpose, and maybe even more primary, is what Jesus says that, uh, um, you know, we are to be salt, we're to be light, so that others may see our good works and glorify the Father. And so we've been saved, we've been united to Christ, and now we've been united to the church for a purpose so that other people will see our good works and glorify the Father. We have a mission that we are on, and that's when real brotherhood happens because yeah. that's when you need the brothers. You need brothers when you're on mission together. Mm-hmm. As you were talking earlier, this was kind of my second uh, way I could have took this, and it kind of comes here good, is... I was just thinking about uh, the men in the Bible, and it's very rare. I don't know of any man in the Bible who is completely on mission by himself. Like I, even the ones I think, maybe John the Baptist is the closest, but I know he had disciples. But I don't know that he had. I mean, he had Christ that he looked up to, but th- th- there was. I don't know that he had anybody, but I even thought like you know Elijah, but Elijah had Elisha, right? Yeah, right. I was say yeah, yeah. Um, Jeremiah had, uh, uh, his, uh, writer, the, uh, some of the people think may have helped write the book of Lamentations. And so, you know, those are the kind of most individualistic people. The apostle Paul had his brothers. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly, I was reading uh second Corinthians today and he just keeps going on about Titus, <laughs> how encouraged he was by Titus. Mm-hmm. And so, um, God sends us on mission, and you know the Christian life is often a lonely life, but it's never completely alone. We have brothers in Christ that we are called to serve with. And so uh, putting these things together, mission, not complete isolation, some brotherhood, true brotherhood, it seems to me that true brotherhood really developed that comes when we're on mission together. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've been to churches— and I've been in church since before I was born. So I've been in the church my whole life. And I've been in some churches where, like, you know, there's some good fellowship and you get to kind of have some friendship with the men. And then I've been in um, my current church where uh, the men go to the abortion mill together. The men work on projects together to help others in the church. The men, um, we do talk theology together, but we're also correcting each other, strengthening each other, rebuking each other, exhorting each other, encouraging each other. And so we're in like the battle together. 
And there's just something completely different about that than the other fellowship I've had. When you have gone to battle with somebody. Yeah, there is. Um, back when I was in West Virginia, when I went to a trip on the Philippines, I went with a few men. And so we had this really intense experience together, laboring for the Lord. And we came back, even though that was like one trip for the year, like I would say there's still a brotherhood among those men that were not, that was not there before excuse me, before that. So um, I, I think if if our men that are listening are going to be like, man, they're desiring, they're hungering for brotherhood. They're hungering for what I'm talking about. You got to begin to think, what's the mission that you've been called to? Mm-hmm. What's your mission? I mean, you have the mission in your home, and then you have the mission of the church that you give yourself to. And I think that's where you got to find your brotherhood is like in that mission. and um. There is a general brotherhood that we have with all believers. And then there's that very specific, I think, Jonathan and David comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's intense. Like that's, you know, that's such an intense brotherhood that our world doesn't know what to do with it. So we people think it's gay. Yeah, they always try and twist that. But actually, that's like, they're like brotherhood. I mean, like that's that's brothers and how they they love each other. They're willing to go to bat for each other, take a grenade for each other, take a spear for each other. <laughs> I don't think they had grenades. I don't think they had grenades. Yeah, take, a, take a spear for each other. Yeah. I mean, that kind of thing. And um, so that's what I think men are longing for, Tony. So I've kind of laid out some things about it. Maybe help me um, help me unpack some of that. Maybe help our listeners. How do they find? That how do they get men to join in on mission with them to develop that brotherhood? I think what you're saying in your local church, finding men there and figuring out what is the mission that you've been given to, and even with them, like what's the common mission you've been given to? Um, we've both been in the abortion battle, are in the abortion battle. Um, that's always one that unfortunately is pretty much in every town. Um, but there's, I mean, even I, I think the first time you and I actually met in person. I want to say, yeah, I think it was the first time we met in person. You and I went, I think, with a couple of your kids and I think Aaron from your church, and we passed out tracks. And um, and not that we had any like really crazy encounters or anything like that, but I mean, if if you've never done open air evangelism or anything like that, I mean, that's a good way to kind of get into it, um, just kind of get your feet wet, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think getting to, I mean. Hopefully you know the men in your church, or at least a group of the men in your church well enough. If you don't, go get to know them. Um, yeah, I invite them to your home. Uh, go to their home. Uh, get in their life. Uh, you know, ask them how their family life is doing, or what problems they're dealing with at the moment, or talk about any of those kind of things. But getting to know them, and then trying to figure out where in your community um, can you go spread the gospel? Where, where can you go on mission? Where can you go um, fight? You know scare quotes, although sometimes fights happen. Um, I think that's a great way to start. And then I think you also, uh, you, you really, it's just a, well, you were saying there's just a, something about fighting alongside somebody else that you really just get to know that person. And, and you form this very close bond with them over it. Um, 
I don't know if there's necessarily a, a great way to explain that without experiencing it. And so I don't want to get all like mystic and weird or whatever about it, but there is, there's just this camaraderie about, it. I mean, there's guys that I did evangelism with when I was in college and this is like, wow, I'm going to date myself now. Like, I don't know, like 18 years ago or something. And, um, that I guarantee you today, if we met up, um, we would still have that kind of bond between us um, because of the, some of the things we went through, some of the areas we went and evangelized outside of. Um, there's just something about that. There's just this kind of, especially between men, there's just this this bond between men, I think, that happens in that. I, I don't know. You, I mean, you can unpack that more, but... Um, yeah, there, I, you know, there's... I was going to say there's trust that's developed. Mm-hmm. Right, so as men, um, we we are protectors. And we, and part of what we do is we protect our domain. And so men that you don't see, that mean, just men that you just kind of have a normal relationship with, there's, there's not a whole lot of trust build up. But when you're in like some kind of tense situation that you make it through together and you're fighting for a common cause, you're building up trust. And then you're, you can have somebody that helps you protect your domain as you protect theirs. Yeah. Um, I saw this recently. I, I think it was Tanner Cartwright, um, kind of this country bumpkin dude. <laughs> what I'm going to say, I'm, I'm just oh, teasing no. about that, is that he was talking about he was talking to, he was talking about men insulting each other, which is why I did that. Yeah, yeah. He he was talking about the reason that men kind of um, kind of give each other a hard time is because basically we're sizing each other up. Mm-hmm. We're like. Is this going to be a guy that I can trust? Is this going to be a guy that is humble, can take a punch, throw a punch? Is this a guy I can be myself around? Or is he going to freak out, right? I mean, or yep. is he going to overreact to it and and kind of be a flake about it and yeah, not be able to take it? Yeah. And um, just being able to take a joke, throw a joke, that kind of thing happens with men all the time. And, and the sad thing, I... I know that many want to protect their sons from that kind of thing so yeah. much. Yeah. Now there's, there's some things we're getting like extreme bullying and that kind of thing. And you got to teach your son to like stand up for himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and um, get to, but there's another thing where like a, a, just a guy becomes where he can't take any joke. He's so skin, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, yeah, there you go. Thin skinned. Yeah. And, uh, so that's another way that men build brotherhood. Well, it's it, just, it, I was going to interject like the, the, so I, we have little kids and stuff too. So obviously it's going to be a little bit different on how I'm, you know, doing that with my sons. But it's, it's funny because, uh, I don't know about, I don't know about your wife. It's like my wife. So I, sometimes I'll come home and obviously the way I'll greet my, my family will be a little different depending on who I'm greeting. Like my daughter, you know, I'm like, you know, how's, how's my daughter doing today? And I give her a, you know, a tight hug and whatever and give my wife a kiss, you know. But like my sons, you know, usually they're doing something funny or whatever. And, and I've, I've come to take, and when I come in, I'll, I'll say something to them like, and how, how are my chuckleheads doing, you know, or something like that. And, you know, because they're, you know, I have a five-year-old, three-year-old, and one-year-old, you know, I'm not going to razz on them as I would like you or, or somebody, you know, our age or older. But that's sort of my way, age appropriate with them to kind of just do it. And you know what's funny is, is my wife at one point said like, I don't know if we should teach him that they're, you know, calling people names or whatever. And I was like, but watch when I say it to him, 
especially my five-year-old, like watch his face. And, and, and so, you know, the next day I came in, I was like, I was like, how are you doing? You little chucklehead, you know, and I, you know, put my knuckles like on his head and kind of, you know, gave him a noogie or whatever. And he, he just eats it up, you know, like he just gets this big smile on his face. And there is, there is, I think I remember that comment thread with Tanner and there were people that are just like, uh, you know, my wife doesn't understand that and said it, whatever. And there, I think there's somebody on it that was like, well, that makes sense because women don't interact that way. But I think most women, though, when you tell them this is just the way the men are with each other, a lot of normal godly women understand that there is just there's a way that men interact with each other, and there's a way that women interact with each other, and uh, I there's just something about it, even with a little boy, right? That he just he kind of knows what that is, you know, that you're kind of razzing on him a little bit and calling him a chucklehead. And I don't know, I don't know where I came up with that term. I probably heard it somewhere. Yeah, you know, uh, and it's all connected back again to that idea of battling together. What yeah. real brothers do, so bro, you know, brotherhood has a purpose. Um, I think that one of the reasons you look at in the Bible and you see Joseph having such problems with his brothers, there seem to be such an age difference and also a difference in purpose. Like his brothers despise him because he's not out in the field laboring with them. Mm-hmm. That he has things pretty easy. And so they don't trust him. He sets himself over them. And, you know, and and then, of course, they do wickedly to him. Right. And it's only later on when he's in a position of authority, they're now humble. And there is some reconciliation and some actual brotherhood that can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Common mission is so important. And a reason why a lot of men are in churches and they have no sense of of just fellowship and camaraderie is because there is no common mission. They don't ever get together. They don't ever work together. And one of the things you can do is like maybe you're in that kind of church is just find out what the men do. If If they're like, if some guy has a job, maybe he he needs help on his farm or something. Or even his Just house. go help him. Even his house. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. maybe he's, he said, you, you catch him talking about, uh, I'm, I don't know, redoing my kitchen and rehabbing the garage. I got a broken garage door, whatever. You know, like there's, there's all those things you could talk about. Hey, yep. I'll come help you with it. Yep. And go do it. Don't just say it. <laughs> right. right. Go, go actually do the yeah, help. That sucks. Your garage door is broken. <laughs> Yeah, then don't go. Then don't go do anything. Don't do that. <laughs> Just go. Over well, it. you know how men will small talk it at times, and they'll talk about all that stuff. Oh yeah, y'all yeah, come do that. I can maybe come help you sometime or yeah. something like that. Yeah, they don't actually do, follow up. Like there, there's no real fellowship and real brotherhood with that. The brotherhood that God unites us for really is uh, it's deep. It's deep care for each other as well. So you think of how. Um, family members are meant to protect and care for each other in scripture as well. I mean, your father's household, you, you to look out for the, uh, the sons will look out for their father. And that's why you get to somewhere like, was it Jacob and Esau, which is so tragic because here's two brothers. Yeah. And, uh, instead of their father being a point of like unity, now their father is a point of like division. And uh, I, I don't know, we, we, a whole lot could be said about that. But, um, you know, I think of the proverb that talks about 
um, your close friend, if you got a close friend, like, like use them instead of your actual brother. Don't go far away to a brother if you got one near. That's actually an important point I think we need to make in this actually episode is that one of the false brotherhood things is social media. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean real brotherhood can't be developed from that. I mean, Tony and you and I, I think, have real brotherhood. Um, we've and also, we don't live in the same area. Right, but we've also actually met each other in person and have been at each other's houses. And there's yeah, more yeah, to yeah, it yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah. But I've developed, you know, some of those relationships from online things. Um, and yet there is a deeper foundational brotherhood that I have with the men of my local church where they get to look at me and, and tell me, you know, you're not doing this right. You need mm-hmm. to do this where we get corrected. You know, um, I'll tell a story on myself from one of my dear brothers named Aaron, who had him over and was watching this movie. It was used to be one of my favorites. And there was this scene in it that I never really thought about much. I don't know why it was just, I should have, it was sinful. It was a woman that wasn't dressed modestly. It was very provocative. And I it it's somewhat tame compared to what most things. So it's not pornography or anything or nudity. But still, it was pretty bad. And so later on, he had he invites me over for, for to go to lunch. And I can't remember exactly how he did this, but he brought up some story about somebody at his work watching something and he didn't know what to say to him. And so I I told him what to say. And then he's like, "Well, by the way, that man was you. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he Nathaned you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's the kind of brotherhood you want. Mm-hmm. That took guts on his part. And uh, um, that's when you, when you sense that and you get that. You sense that it's not like there was nothing harsh in that. He was not um, – it was not just a self-righteous mm-hmm. guy. I know there are some who are very self-righteous and, and, and would be comfortable telling anybody anything. Um, I was struck by this the other day, again, reading Second Corinthians, how Paul talks about how he, he caused the people sorrow with his first letter. Like he calls them, and he said he wasn't sorry about it. But then he said, yeah, I, I was sorry about the sorrow, but I'm actually not sorry because I'm not sorry about the repentance that comes from it. But uh, the point being is, you know, speaking truth to one another. We have to have faith for that, that big, the big fruit. We have to have faith for the repentance and that kind of thing. But we also need to be, it, it should actually pierce us when we cause others pain with our hard words, truths. And, and I know there are some that like take delight in causing pain in hard words. And that's not the kind of brother you want that somebody just takes delight in that rather you want a brother is somebody that loves you enough that they will wound you, but it pains them to have to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, cause there, there needs to be an actual love there. I think there's this, there is a, oh, so I think the bro brohood, I think what you called it earlier. Um, I think part uh, the many dangers of that, but I think one of the dangers is because it's so superficial, um, there's no regard for, I think what's underneath. There's just, there's, it's all on the surface. And so there's no real thought past what, um, 
the person seeing or saying for that matter. And yeah, there, there's unfortunately with with how social media is so prevalent right now. And these are things I have to watch. There's a lot of times online that I will go to type something and then I'll have to just sit there and read it <laughs> again a couple times and have to go, eh, maybe I shouldn't send that. Or usually I've kind of just come to the point where I'm like, did I type that because I love that person or am I typing it just because I want to get like a rise out of this person? And so there's a lot of times I've, I've just deleted it, not sent it, whatever. Um, and for that matter, I mean, there's, there's people in my, actually you in particular, it's just been a while, but I remember there was some point, I think I said something somewhere and I think you messaged me and you were like, eh, I think you should take it easy on this person or something because it came off whatever. And it's those kind of things. I, again, Obviously, you want people in person to be able to do that, but that's just an example of something. Is the, you, I, I need people in my life that are going to come to me and be like, hey, man, you need to tone that down. Like that, that was not cool or not kind, whatever it was. And you need to be able to take that criticism. Um, uh, Toby Sumter from Cross Politic, uh, he messaged me something, it's probably over a year ago, and he even messaged something said, I know you probably didn't mean it this way, but could come off like this or something. And some comment, some random comment thread somewhere, I don't know, even remember what it was. I just remember the way he approached it, and it was very just straightforward about it, but I knew he was coming to me because he cared, and and I respect him very much. And I was like, yep, you know what, you're right. I'll, and I actually messaged that person privately. It was like, hey, if I came off wrong, I'm really, I'm really sorry. Apologize about that. You know, I was just trying to make a point, but I think I, I didn't come off the right way or whatever. But I think that we need to take great care that we don't just take this, just this weird, sinful glee in the pain of of other people because our society really, really takes glee in that, like a lot. Yep. I mean, our our news, the main news cycles really generally most of the shows take a lot of delight in just eviscerating a person um you know their their character their who they are to their face uh, it's, it's actually kind of sickening at times yeah and another thought you made me think of is is the again the false brotherhood that can often happen online is you can get an opinion of somebody like so this guy is constantly putting out good tweets like he's posting good theology all the time that doesn't tell you diddly squat about their character. <laughs> right. Or right. even the kind of person you are. You can get a picture of this dude like, man, this guy, he seems to be like, this guy must be the patriarch of all patriarchs. He has his home in order. <laughs> like he's a kingly kind of dude, very masculine dude. And then you meet him and he's like uh, Homer Simpson. I mean, like he's like a, a complete nerd kind of dude without any kind of weight at all he has no weight at all and um so your brotherhood real brotherhood i mean you might pick up some brothers online but man you need to take them it needs to be offline it's like that it's like that instagram effect i talk about that with my wife she talks about all the time because it's a big thing with women especially in and any of the ladies that are listening to probably understand if you're like a homeschool mom right or or maybe you're into all natural things or something like that um there are all sorts of Instagram accounts that look like the absolute perfect life. You know, these homeschool accounts. My wife has showed me some of them, and she's like, there is no way <laughs> that is real. And and I'm like, no, there's no way. That person absolutely set up that entire scenario and Photoshopped it all or whatever they did with applied whatever filter, I don't know. And um, and that's 
yeah, like you were saying, it, online, there, this is just a small little snippet, and it's also something that can be edited and, and thought ahead of time, and just the perfect little thing gets put out there. It's actually why, I'll, I'll admit, it's actually why when we were at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference, and, and you and I talked about this, how we actually had a little bit of a hard time of people coming up and wanting to talk to us, and I, I don't know, it's because... I know me. <laughs> I'm going to speak for myself. Like, I know me. I know where my struggles are. I know that my home life is not this picture perfect thing. I mean, I, hopefully we talk about it enough on, on the show that we don't have, we're not perfect men. You know, that's part of the reason we do the show. But it was, it was, it was odd to me to have people come up and, and want to ask me these questions about being a father or husband in and, and, and almost like this guru-ish type of way. And, and I, I remember thinking of that, like, well, they probably just, cause they just listen to the show and they read, you know, Facebook tweets or whatever. And so I, I tried to take great care to also refer them to like, yeah, I could give you some ideas, but like, I remember asking them repeatedly, like, you know, how's your church? Like, where's your church? Like, do you know your pastor? Do you have guys in your church that are just older men, you know, maybe men that their kids are out of the home now and they've, you know, been through that, that you can go to, if it's like a, you know, a fatherhood question that you can go talk to about that. Because like, I'm one guy on a podcast that I'm really glad that it's helpful and we're going to keep doing it because it's helpful, but we're not like in your life every day. Like you don't know me really personally and, and I have faults lots of them and and I'm constantly working on things and I think you'd say the same thing and so I'm always trying to ask them about their church and and if they know men there and if they don't why you know why why and kind of what we're talking about here and that's why mm-hmm. this is important is why why don't you know the men in your church is it cuz it's just this awful church then why are you there but if it's not and probably not this awful church then get involved you know that's that's I guess bring us full back around circle here is our our point that this is very very important and I think often overlooked by all of us at times especially in an, in an age of social media I get it I get why it's easy to just get totally enthralled with social media and feel like it's real but it's it's in some sense it is like you were saying we can form friendships you and I met on there but it has to go further and to get there and there's a lot more work to do to make those real relationships on social media. Um, whereas you have your local church right by you, like you can go to those men and and get to know them and fight with them and get to know your pastor and get to know men that are willing to look you in the face and tell you you're wrong or, or you need to improve on this or knock it off or call you a chucklehead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and I know we're talking to probably people that feel like, man, okay, but how do I do that? Right. Like, how do I get my local church? You know, well, don't wait on other people to to take the lead. You mm-hmm. take the lead on it, right? We say this every week. Or uh, what do men do? They build, fight. Protect, lead. Thank you. <laughs> you I can got, always get you those got it right backwards. Order. Yeah, you guys got it backwards, so you're okay. <laughs> so lead is one of the things that men do. Mm-hmm. And so if there is no brotherhood that you're connected to, you start it. Yeah. I don't sit around making excuses. It might start with just you and one other guy. It might start with you and one of the younger men in your church, like one of the young men, getting him involved in your work, whatever. Um, 
we mentioned that in scripture, there's not a lot of cases where there's just one guy, but there are a whole lot of instances where it's just two. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Yeah. And so you, it might just be two. Um, for Jesus, there was only 12, right? That he poured his life into. And so uh, you need to just start somewhere and invite men over. You're going to build a fence. You're going to put a privacy fence up around your yard. Get the men involved. Like just, you know, a young man at church that's single young man, invite him over and ask him to help you put up the fence and, mm -hmm. and work with him for a day. You'll develop a brother right there. Mm -hmm. Just laboring out in the sun together, right? Do some kind of work together and then, and then glorify the Lord. And I, I promise you, you'll build a brotherhood that um, will be sweet and it'll be, it'll be sweet in the sense of when the world is attacking you, when you're tempted with sins and those things, you will have somebody that's got your back and, and that will be, that will be just a, a, such a blessing. So that's my encouragement. That's probably all I'm going to say today, but yep. No, build some brotherhood. Yeah. I would say if you're looking for brotherhood and you don't have it right now, Get on your knees tonight. Pray to God to give you the strength and the ability to go make brotherhood and then go out tomorrow and do it and go to your local church. That's the best place to start. So that is our... Thanks, bro. Uh, <laughs> bro. Oh, why did I knew he was going to do it? Always when I try to end something or go into a segment. <laughs> Thanks, bro brony. <clears throat> oh, no, no, we're not going there. Okay, all right. That is our episode for this week. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, you know what I'm going to say. Don't turn it off now. Go to fightleftfeast.com and click to sign up to become a member and use the code PATRIARCHY when you do if you want to support our show. And also get access to our other show, which is called After the Sandwich. Um, we have uh, That's every other week, and that's uh, behind the paywall. So go to fightleftfeast.com, click sign up to become a member, and use code PATRIARCHY when you do. And if you want to get some patriarchy merchandise, go to confessionalware.com. Click on Podcast Collaborations. Look for our show. Pick any of the shirts, a couple coffee mugs there. And also check out some of the other stuff they have on there, too. There's a few other shows that are on there, a couple of podcasts, and they have some really cool other shirt designs. So grab some of their stuff, too, not just ours. Tell them that we sent you. And uh, but get yourself some patriarchy merchandise at confessionalware.com. So until next time, if you have not yet bowed your knee to Christ, repent and believe. And if you have, this is our call to you. Build, fight, Protect, lead. This is the patriarchy. Uh -huh.